Welcome back to The Blathering, everybody. My name's Ken Napsock, and I'm here on a bit of a delay. I think this is going to come out on a Friday. I'm recording it on a Thursday night. And what kind of ego do I have that I think for even a second in my shattered, broken soul that you all are looking at your watches on Wednesday going, well, he normally releases it at 5 o'clock. It's 5.01. Where is it? Some of you might be like, oh, isn't there usually a blathering? But I doubt anyone. <laughs> Synchronize them watches. It's a goddamn blathering. And it's coming our way. But uh, slightly delayed. Uh, work. You normally record on Tuesdays. Schedule got upended. That's fine. I'll record Wednesday. And then I did this thing. And I'll say right now, I'm going to get into... Some sadder things. I'm in a sad mood uh, tonight as a record. Uh, but sadness also, being sad does not mean you can't uh, also experience all aspects of life. And I'm actually proud of myself because uh, I love doing the blathering and I take it very seriously. And love the great responses for those who, who share them and, and those who are here listening and watching. But uh, I... I had a job I was working this week uh, when I work uh, weekly, actually, but I had a bigger project to, and I, I had scheduled my week to be like, I'll work a little, I'll work on the project a little bit Monday. I'll work on it pretty solidly Tuesday, pretty solidly Wednesday. And then I got, I got a lot of time on Thursday. It's due Friday morning, but you know what? I can, I can stretch that out and say, oops, sorry, uh, you know, I had to take the dog to the vet, which I do. Uh, I'll get to you midday Friday. Is that cool? Is that cool? I could have done that thing. The is that cool excuse we all use, and it's a good excuse. And I think it's built into other people's lives. So when someone's like, oh, we got an email from one of our crappy writers, uh, he, he says 1 o'clock instead of 10 a.m. Friday. Is that, I didn't even know his name. Okay. But I didn't do that. Wednesday, Wednesday, instead of recording the blathering, which was on the docket, as well as returning to some sports card ASMR, that's coming, don't worry, ASMR fans, I uh, was set to record and I went nuts to that, I'm not going to record, I'm going to actually do the major bulk of that project, that writing project, I'm going to do it Wednesday, I'm going to work late into the evening. Like some sort of businessman sitting at the office late, sipping a coffee to stay awake uh, with a desk lamp burning a hole into his soul, and I'm going to get the job done. It, those two things didn't happen. But I did. I did. I got a lot of it done, and I was able to finish the project earlier today. And you know what? I'm going to take that win. Robbie Smith and I will come back with a, a third episode of our biggest win and next month, but if we were doing that weekly, that would be my win this week. Robbie's is probably bigger and better than mine, much like his soul, but that would be mine. I didn't put it off. I didn't use those corporate gray areas to delay turning in my work, to put it off, because that's what we do, especially writers. Writers hate writing. I despise writing. So if we can find any excuse, any, any excuse to put it off, that's what we, that's what we do. That's what we love doing. I didn't do it, though. And that's a win. And that's a win. <sighs> what a week. I want to get, like I said, I want to get to some sadder stuff. Um, and I'll just say, actually, I do want to get to one of the, one of the things first. Uh, because, and, and, and uh, sorry for the, the, the lighting on my face from, from any screen I'm looking at here. I... Uh, Saddened to learn of, uh, of a passing of someone who was uh, uh, a name that um, so many of us in this space, on this side of the microphones, uh, people from the movie Trivia Schmodown, veterans like me, Mark Ellis, Mark Riley, those kind of names, uh, Schmoes and Collider Days and all those things. Uh, it's a name we knew and he, and, and he passed away. Um, I, I, I'm honest, I feel, feel bad. I think we might have met in person. And, and, uh, the reason I say think is, is sometimes, you, you know, you get to know these names so much. You're like, Oh, we've had a conversation. Have, Oh, we haven't. Oh, okay. So uh, I apologize for not remembering that. Um, 
specifically uh, uh, if, if it happened. But uh, I know him and I've communicated with him as much. His name was, was Garth McMurray on Twitter and in many chat rooms is Garth Harkness McMurray. I loved that name. And Garth, other than having just a cool name, because I'm a Wayne's World fan, so, you know, anyone named Garth to me, immediately I just start laughing with joy and, and warmth because you have that name. Garth was uh, in my age bracket, and I love seeing his big bushy gray beard in, in his profile picture, similar to this one, this frosty mug on my face. And I can't remember exactly when his name first popped up or when his name was around. Uh, there's some of the earlier day schmo fans that I know, some I, I'm, I'm friends with, and and then it started to expand a little bit, and Schmodown just exploded, exploded it, not in terms of, like, numbers of fans, like we were rock stars, uh, you know, but you'd go to events and there'd be a lot of people there, and it was an active community. Uh, for better and sometimes worse. It was sometimes uh, not the greatest of communities at times. Pockets of it, pockets of it. But someone like like him was not that in his name. Including, I remember he wasn't like, it would sometimes he'd joke, maybe have a little barb with me. Uh, I, I do remember some of that stuff. And, and, I, and I love that too, you know? I love that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the, I don't want to say benefits, that sounds transactional, but it's one of the joys of, of being able to, to do a lot of the things I do and be in these spaces where some of the walls are broken down and that can explode out into dangerous ways, that parasocial relationship thing you hear about and you read in the articles of Newsweek when you flip the pages and you sound small, you parasocial, there's a dangerous side of it. Uh, there's an annoying side to it. There's all those kind of things. But if you're someone like me who's been doing this for a while and you have shows that people listen to, and you have shows that people watch, uh, they're jobs for me. And sometimes I have to work with or around people that I don't really love. Or sometimes there's shoot days where you're like, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And I'm here for 10 hours of trivia questions and I just want to go home and it's a job and you get lost in that stuff. And you get lost in that bullshit. Um, and it's real when it's happening to you, but it's, but it's easy to, to, to just kind of get lost in it. But then you, you have people like Garth and McMurray who are there and they're part of it. It's not... It's not a, a, a one-sided exchange and that, that they're watching you in some 55,000-seat arena and, and they're screaming and having fun. You're there. You're seeing them. You're seeing them on social media. You see them at events or you hear from, hear from them uh, in chat rooms or, or, or comments or Patreon support. And, and Garth McMurray was someone who supported so many of us in so many ways and in the ways that he could and when he could and how he could. He did it. He did it. And um, I was, it was not someone that I, I didn't know every aspect of his life. Uh, so I, I did not know some of the health issues that were happening that had, had kind of uh, hit him and now have struck him down far, 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 far too young. Uh, he had a short battle with lymphoma and passed away on August 21st. And uh, saw the tweets tonight. Text a little bit with my buddy, Paul Denuso, who's uh, um, one of those names and faces that emerged. Uh, and, and, and came off the chat room screens to be a part of my life, you know, and that's, that's the benefit of this kind of stuff. Um, that's not why we do it for a sense of ego, but why it's important that we're all part of it. And I, I'm just, uh, to Garth and his, his family, to his, uh, those he leaves behind, man, I just no words, there's never the words. <clears throat> Much love is all I can ever muster up. Much love is all I can ever think. Uh, but I did want to highlight this uh, per a tweet that I will uh, read, a post, an X. Garth would probably have some some joke about that. Actually, I will show, I was looking at Garth's page. Uh, I was looking at Garth's uh, uh, Twitter profile. and He had a great bit. He had a great bit that he shared not too, fo not too long ago before he passed. And uh, Garth said it was Twitter and it was now supposed to be X. So I'm going to call it Twix. And you know what? I think I'm going to call it Twix myself in honor of Garth. So if you're on Twix, go to Garth McMurray's profile, Garth Harkness McMurray, Garth 
M, little c, big M, U, R, R, A, Y. And his family uh, posted this. Gar's family would like you to know that he passed away on Monday, August 21st, after a short battle with lymphoma. Tributes in Gar's name can be made to the New England Hemophilia Association using this link or go by, uh, going uh, directly to their website, uh, newenglandhemophilia.org. Uh, but go to that uh, Twix profile page. Go to Garth McMurray's page. Find the link. Um, donate if you can. Spread the word if you can. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, say a word of love uh, online for him. Uh, and, and, and make sure you, you reach out to those who you have now. We say it all the time, right? But life goes on and life goes fast. And then something like this happens and it's sad. Uh, so Garth, Garth McMurray, I will miss your name showing up in chat rooms all around this space and being a solid presence, an anchor of a, of a spirit and a soul uh, in spaces that can sometimes not be full of the good ones. Uh, Garth was a good one. Uh, and a tip of the cap to Garth McMurray there. And it's just kind of been... This has kind of been the week, man. And, and I did want to do an update, right? Like, uh, I, 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 was, I was heading to the desert. I was heading to the desert this weekend with Grace and the dogs to meet my, uh, as I described on the other episode, my warm and wonderful friends, uh, Scott and Zara, and their dogs, Bogart and Shiloh, who are great doggies, good doggies. Uh, we don't have great doggies, Grace and I, we've learned. Well, Baxter's great. Anyways, um, nothing went as planned. Nothing went as planned to a, a disheartening level for Grace and I. And, and for those who uh, were there as well, Scott and some other, other pals that there showed up. Um, kind of sucked. Not, not the experience with them or anyone there. We actually loved our time there uh, out in uh, Yucca Valley. Uh, we have been so looking forward to it for months with like an S on the end of that. Months. But it was an ominous uh, uh, start to the trip where even before we headed out, um, we realized, uh, and Scott and I had been texting that, uh, oh, yeah, a little hurricane was hitting uh, Southern California. And not like just L.A. and Burbank. In fact, it was never really, it was always going to be a, most likely, I'll say, I don't know nature all, all too well. We're not that close. It most likely was going to be a tropical storm by by the time it hit, or even if it did hit L.A. and Burbank and where I am. But the high desert, which is the area we were going to, um, which kind of, you know, the way the hurricane was showing was it was going to come through uh, like Mexico, Baja, Mexico, uh, where uh, my sister lives, by the way. <laughs> so I was worried about that. And it was going to swing up, and I was uh, following the radar apps. My buddy Ken Plume lives in, uh, like, hurricane country out there in the East Coast. He gave me a very helpful app. And I was watching this thing, uh, and it was it was going to head right for us. And I'm not one to super overreact. I want to be prepared. The early days of, of the COVID pandemic, as I've talked about on the show before— I, I, there was a little bit of, of, of creaky knees and fear where it's like, well, you, you haven't experienced this before and this is real. This is something I'd, I'd seen in a Dustin Hoffman movie, but now I have to go find toilet paper. This is real. And I had a little bit of that, that kind of fear, but I centered myself as best I could, as best as any of us can in those situations. So I wasn't going to overact with the, with the thought of a hurricane, but I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to be in the right spot. Uh, both uh, literally and, and, and mentally, figuratively, to, to kind of deal with it. Uh, and I reached out to some friends, uh, Alton Diaz, some of you might know from Octo Radio, uh, lives in uh, Florida and, uh, you know, gave me the, 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 the laundry list of things that you have and have in your possession and you go from there. And none of these people were, were downplaying it. Hurricanes are tremendously serious. Um, so we went out anyways, um, not a, not a full heartedly. We just went out prepared. Uh, but th th that was a large part of why we ended up the weekend ended up not being what we needed it to be or what we wanted it to be. 
Uh, we did spend about 30 hours there. Got to see some beautiful lightning storms, some beautiful shots of the sky. Got to go swimming in a cool pool, a saline uh, uh, pool. I, I think I'm saying that right. I, I, it, was a, it, was an, I, uh, it was a contact lens solution pool, right? Uh, and we got to hang out with their friends and, and we got to go into town. The town was interesting. Two blocks down was the, a guy, uh, well, a family, but guy who had a uh, giant fuck Biden flag. Um, and I'll say this, he was respectful enough to still have like the little lights shining up on the flag as if it was the American flag, you know. Uh, he showed some respect for the flag that said fuck Biden. And then he had a banner. If the flag wasn't enough, he had a banner on the front of his his fence, his little chain link fence that said fuck Biden. Um, yeah, you know what? And there you go, free speech. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I could get lost in that as a conversation piece because at one point I had, to, I had to go into town to get some gas, fueled up the vehicle with some petrol. Just, you know, you want, you always want to have, have gas in the tank and be ready to go. So I went to town and, and I slowed past, as I went by, by this house, I slowed down in front of the house. Not to start some sort of fight. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see. And if if you were to come up right now where you're sitting with a little checklist of what was on a high California high desert property far away from uh, big cities, uh, and, and, and if you were to write down, here's the things I think were on this property underneath a fuck Biden flag, you would be right about all of them. They were there. I'm reading this book right now. I'm reading this book right now called The Storm Is Here by a war correspondent who covered Afghanistan and Iraq and then came back to start covering uh, the COVID lockdown protests and everything around that in Lansing, Michigan, Portland. Uh, some of the George Floyd stuff explodes out of that. He, he's covering that. And, and without knowing it, he's leading all the way up to January 6th. He's got this great book. I highly recommend it about halfway through. Uh, called The Storm is Here, an American Crucible. It's scary. Like, you think you know, but the book is eye-opening. And fuck Biden guy in this Yucca Valley town, he's part of that problem. But me, in workout gear, and a, and a, and a I didn't even have a, I had like a, sleeveless workout shirt on, tennis shoes and a ball cap. I wasn't, I wasn't going to fight the guy. These people believe that power is the answer because often they hold power that none of us care to hold. Eight by eight trucks and shotguns. By the way, I don't even know if an eight by eight truck is real, maybe, but it's, that's one of the things he had there. Bright red, almost monster truck size thing in, on this giant compound beyond his tiny little house in the front. I found it on Google Maps, too, by the way. I went home and looked it up. Um, they have everything that they think keeps them safe, everything that their fearful, fearful little hearts hold on to, and, and it works, right? It works. If he, had, if he had come screaming out of his house because I was rubbernecking him in a, in a, in a mid-sized SUV and he pulls a gun or a knife... Runs me over as eight by eight. There's nothing I can do. You can't stop a steaming train, and the train knows it. The train doesn't stop to analyze itself as being a destructive power that hurts itself or those around it. It doesn't care. It's the train, and it's going. So that was part of the experience there too. But that was neither here nor there from the experience at the house. But sadly, I'm here to report the major reason I, Grace, and I had to cut it all short is is. Our beloved dog, Francis. Baxter's, Baxter turned 17 and he's blind and he don't give no shits, uh, except for when he does. And he just naps all day and barks when he wants attention or whines when he needs to go. And he's cute and he's an old man and he's good. Francis is five and full of everything, piss, vinegar and otherwise. And had an absolute, a complete mental breakdown. From the moment we got in the car, two and a half, well, two, two hours, 10 minutes drive, out of Burbank to this spot, 
did not stop barking, did not stop screaming, did not stop whining, and it frayed our nerves to the point of, of we were turning on each other, uh, we were turning on society, we were turning on everyone else around us in the world, and by the time we pulled up to that house, I think mentally we were like, this: we probably have to go, but we didn't want to do that. And we liked the situation we were in, and let's do it. And we th- we hope that maybe once we're out of the car, Francis will be okay. Realize we're in an okay spot. There's some other dogs. Sometimes she likes she likes dogs. Sometimes she doesn't. And it's we we're gonna hope for the best here. It, it and she never stopped. And it was the type of thing that everyone else in the house was probably more fine with it than we are for sure. But there was never a moment where my muscles weren't clenched up in tension. Same for Grace. And then add the possibility that uh, a hurricane downgraded as it started to become a tropical storm that it was uh, in a high desert environment in which flooding is the norm anyways. It just kind of, we needed to go and we did. And we were sad and we were upset at ourselves and we were upset at our dog. And we felt we let down everyone in attendance at this little gathering, including the other dogs Shiloh Bogard and our buddy Baxter, who just wanted to nap wherever you put him. Um, but in the end, I think it was the right decision for us. Not even that we would not have been stranded. I just don't also don't want to drive on the freeway in the rain. I have some uh, a little bit of the jumpies uh, from my car accident more than I thought. Previous other car accidents I've been in, I've actually only uh, yeah two two major ones uh, uh, prior to the one I just had in June. And I recover from those. There's, you're always a little jumpy, especially when you're in the rental car the insurance company gives you where you're like, ah, I wish I had a tank. I have, I have to admit, it's been weird. I, 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 even with a, a newer car that's a little bigger and, and, and you get that false sense of power like we talked about last week of, sa- of safety, uh, I've, I've been jumpy. I've been, I've done, I've been doing the, yeah, it's just a, someone in their front yard opening a car door to, yeah, and, and, and Grace has seen it and I've seen it. So, uh, driving home in the rain of a historical storm wasn't the best idea. We got home dry and we stayed inside. Burbank just got a lot of rain and that was that. So I want to get to some of the sadder things I'm talking about here. But I I got I think I do want to stop off. I don't want to get too angry here. I've been watching a lot of Lewis Black on his YouTube channel, not his stand-up. His stand-up's great. I love Lewis Black. He has a kind of a ranty podcast. He might as well call it the Blathering, the better version of the Blathering. And I love watching Lewis get angry. But I I, I don't want to get angry today, man. I'm sad about the passing of, of, of the community's friend, Garth McMurray. I, I, I'm sad about two other deaths I want to talk about. Um, I am sad. I'm sad that we have a former president indicted four times, arrested with a mugshot. I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating. But it's sad. And it's sad because so many people are going to see that in a different light. Not how I see it. Sad for our country's history. Sad that we let this happen. Sad that it could possibly happen again. I'm sad that there's a whole lot of people that see it as a rallying cry. An inciting incident to something bigger and more dangerous in their hearts. I can't stop all that right now. The the fact that a hurricane, an actual, bona fide, honest to God, in heaven, who may be trying to warn us, hurricane was coming our way, uh, was mind-boggling. Now, it has happened before, because this was the first time since like 1939, and there had been a couple other things over the last few years, decades, centuries, whatever, you know what I mean, Not, not centuries, can get your times right. Going back to 1939, there was a few other incidents tropical storm conditions, all those kind of things, but nothing to materialize. 1939, as, as a lot of people know now, was the last time. So the fact that it was happening was a problem, number one. The fact that it probably most likely was going to be downgraded to a tropical storm was still troubling. Also, Southern California, unlike other spots, and I was having this conversation with my friend Scott in the desert of like, you know, 
talking to some of my other friends in Florida or anyone in Louisiana where, you know, hurricanes are catastrophic just uh, by showing up. Uh, it's like, oh, those friends are looking at me like, oh, are your levees going to break? Oh, wait, you don't have levee levees. You're good. And, and Scott was making some funny jokes, making me laugh about that on the desert. So, yeah, we don't have a lot of those levees. In fact, the L.A. River, which is disgusting, uh, it's one of the worst designed things, I think, in any major city. But it, it designed in terms of aesthetic. It's a concrete river. Uh, but it does work. I have saw a lot of news reports and, and some studies and, and articles in the last week or two of, of uh, leading up to this. Of uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to flood it uh, and hard to flood the city because of this system. So I guess you win, you lose. It's an eyesore. It's mostly a concrete, an empty concrete, like a uh, <laughs> riverbed with trash in it. Uh, and, and unhoused people crushed by the world uh, trying to hack out a survival, a life out of a, off the concrete. They're surviving if they can. And then when it rains, one good week in a rain, it's a roaring rapid through our city. And everyone goes out and takes pictures and look at, look at the L.A. River. It's, it's, it's a bizarre relationship we have with the river. But beyond that, the city's not prepared for it. This entire region is not prepared for it. People like to make their jokes about L.A. drivers in the rain. Yeah, it's not just because they're bad or we're bad in the rain. There's a little bit of that. There's some uh, tentative drivers that I've had some issues with too. But um, the streets fall apart. Sinkholes. Intersections become rivers. The one close to me, the one that uh, is the, where the GPA office used to be, we crossed the street to that beloved 7-Eleven uh, on rainy, bad rainy days. We're not talking the, uh, the drizzle, like the, oh, shit, it's raining. We couldn't cross it. Like, I'm not making a joke, like you almost needed some sort of floatable device. Uh, that happens almost at every major intersection in our city when it rains. So the fact that a tropical storm was set to bring uh, uh, catastrophic flooding, that was another thing too. I wasn't super worried with the desert. And then once I got to our location, it was raised enough that I thought, at the very least, if it's horrible flooding, we'll be on an island with this house that we're staying at, this little compound thing. But still won't be a good thing, but our cars are up, everything's good. I, I didn't have those kind of irrational fears. But, um, you know, there were weather-chasing veterans that I follow on on, on Twix uh, that were, were warning this has potential for catastrophic flooding. That word catastrophic flooding kept showing up, not just on news reports, but by people who chase these things for a living and chase them to study them. Reed Timmer is one. He's a tornado storm chaser. Uh, storm chaser might not be for everyone, um, but he does it, uh, won the thrill, without a doubt, it's his career, but he's, they study this stuff. It's valuable information, uh, and I'm fascinated by it. So he had drove out here and was in the area, and I was first for a second, I was like, ooh, can I meet Reed Timmer? But um, I was watching folks like him, watching the, watching the radar, and watching just the hour by hour, like Sunday it's going to be this, and I was like, That's, none of this is good. None of this is good. And I don't want to get into the climate change fight. I didn't watch the uh, Republican candidates uh, debate, but I saw the highlights. Um, I had things to do. I, it wasn't a, I, I, I put my head in the sand and I, I, I was trying to follow along on Twitter or Twix. Excuse me, Garth, Twix. Um, I was trying. But everyone generally failed on the climate change thing other than a couple folks up there. But, I don't want to get into the big argument about climate change because it shouldn't be an argument. And yes, there's always room for conversations around it. Uh, the, the, the early for the effects now versus long-term effects. Maybe it'll be worse now. Okay. Later. Okay. Now worse later. Yeah, sure. Sure. Bring in all the degrees in and then find some uh, scientists on the take to, to say there's no, cons this has been it for a while. But it's, it's the, the way so many people look at it. It's the mindset of green on the outside, red on the inside. If you're, if you're green and concerned about the environment, you, you clearly are a communist who's against America. There's so many people I know who, who, are, who are in that mindset. And that's what makes me sad. This is a sad episode because of that. 
that kind of stuff. That's how they see it. Even someone close to me was, was we were talking about the, 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 the Maui fires. And we all agreed, not good, tragedy, tragic. Uh, I didn't know uh, my, my, that town, uh, uh, my sister, who now lives in Baja, Mexico, had actually lived there for a long time. I knew she lived in Hawaii or Maui, but I, she, she worked on Front Street. So I talked to her a little bit. She was devastated. Uh, had some friends uh, unhoused right now. But I was talking to some other people close to me, that, and, and and there was a report, and I have to admit I, did, I, I didn't read it, but they said, well, uh, they say the cause of the fire, because I brought up climate change, not for the fire, I just brought up climate change in general. And I said, well, the, the cause of that fire was electrical wiring. Like, it fell, it, it broke, it sparked, and that caused the fire. And they said it like, whew, see, wasn't climate change. Whew. And I, yeah. I'm sure that's probably how the fire started or someone did it on purpose. That's not climate change. That's an arsonist. Uh, um, Someone flicked a cigarette out of a pickup truck uh, and, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah, I like to think I'm smart and reason enough to think that, yeah, that that impetus there, the origin of the fire isn't, uh, isn't climate change. Lightning might be different, all those kind of situations. But the fire spread at a horrific, terrifying pace because of the weather conditions in the area. And again, this is not one of those arguments where I'm on network television. I have every detail and fact in front of me. I'm just having a conversation about it. And the subject was changed. The subject was changed immediately. People just don't want to face these truths. They don't want to have a conversation about them. They, they, they want to write it off as quick as possible. I have some other folks that I know who are trying to convince everyone else around them that, 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 that this, this was an overblown incident. Ha! Hurricane, tropical storm. All, the, all it did was rain. And it's such, it's such a personal theme for people, I won't even say on that side, meaning in the just simply the political spectrum, but the people who deal uh, who deal with the world in this way. The, the fuck Biden flag guys, the eight by eight truck driver guys, the Punisher stickers on the back of their police car guys. It wasn't climate change. It was electrical wiring. Great. It was spread by... Uh, weather conditions, most likely, possibly, I'll say, to make you feel calm, uh, caused by w- climate change. But there was people around me, people I know, who were just trying. It's a made-up media event. Look outside. It was nothing. It was nothing. It was just a little bit of extra rain. My garden is flooded. That's it. And you know what? For the most part, yeah, that's it. But what? It's such the way they are. It's such a personal theme that you only look out your own goddamn window and see what happens in your yard and say, everything's fine here. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe these fear mongers trying to tell you the climate's destroyed us, that the climate's trying to send us off this planet. Don't you believe those communist lies? My yard's fine. The jokes I say are fine. The words I say are fine. The anti-trans, anti-queer community rhetoric I say, it's fine. I'm not hurting anyone here in my yard. And they don't want to look over the fences at everyone else. There was devastating floods out in the high desert. People stranded, a lot of damage. Fortunately, to my knowledge, no injuries, no death. But also... I don't think this is going to be the last time. We don't get hurricanes. We don't get a lot of tropical storms this way. We get weird weather conditions at at times. But it happened because our waters, or usually doesn't happen because our waters out here, I know I was raised near Pismo Beach where you had to wear a hoodie to the beach. And going in the ocean was uh, you know, literally maybe taking your own life into your hands because you might freeze to death it's so cold. But these Pacific Oceans that are side, these waves out here that are generally uh, uh, a little cooler, couldn't stop what was forming and couldn't stop what was coming. 
And it probably won't be the last time in my lifetime. It's not going to be another 1939 run. But there's so many people in my life who so cling to their idea of power, so cling to their idea that you can overcome anything just by strong will, strength, balls, and power, that they can't admit this is something that might be concerning. They can't admit, be ready. A lot of people from the East Coast, out on the West Coast, were doing some, some twixing and, and texting of saying, take this seriously. Yes, most likely this peters out. It's a great Simpsons joke. There was that Simpsons bit. There's always a Simpsons bit. And I love the Simpsons. Uh, the meteorite that was coming. This is early season Simpsons. The meteorite was coming to Earth. It was going to destroy us all. And it created a lot of problems. And then when it ended up happening, it burned and burned and burned and burned until it was like a little pebble smaller than a chihuahua. It's a funny joke. And it's a funny, uh, insightful look at human nature and all that kind of stuff. Yippee skippy. But, but I think, uh, I don't think the Simpsons are necessarily to blame in any kind of this thinking or situation because I love the Simpsons and I've met a few of the people behind the Simpsons over the years. Um, but it's that kind of base level thinking when you're looking out in your own yard and going, it's all fine here. They're lying to you. I didn't catch COVID. COVID didn't get me. I'm strong enough to defeat it. What's the problem? What's the problem? It's one of the other things that has made me sad today. A WWE wrestler by the name of Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, was his uh, shoot name, excuse me, work name. Shoot name was, was Wyndham, Wyndham Rotunda. He was the son of Mike Rotunda, um, uh, a wrestler I grew up watching who wrestled as IRS and, and so many other characters, Michael Wall Street and Mike Rotunda. Um, super, super talented, 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 talented entertainer, talented artist in that ring. Uh, it was one of my favorites when I was still watching regularly. Um, and even though I don't watch wrestling regularly, I still keep tabs on it. He passed away today. And I'll be honest, when you hear something like that, he's 36. You don't quite know. You, you don't quite, wrestling's tough. Comedy's tough. Life is tough. But the comedy and wrestling worlds and businesses um, carry the scars of a lot of mental health damage and and that leads to some darks dark endings so there was that worry and it wasn't the case and there's no comparison there's a death here there's a loss here there's a family grieving there's fans grieving which which matters because the art of bray wyatt meant a lot to to people but he passed away of a of a heart attack uh, he, uh, uh, um, the news came out, Sean Ross Sapp of, of, of uh, Fightful.com, a uh, uh, wrestling uh, sports entertainment journalist, I guess. They're all so serious now. They're all, back in my day, you didn't pay attention to the dirt sheets. There was like Wade Keller, Dave Meltzer, that was it. Bill Lapter, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which was a, uh, a kayfabe uh, operation. Now, people like Ryan Satin, um, who I didn't end up getting to know a little bit at, at Collider, actually um, respect a, of a lot of what he does. Um, a lot of like I respect what he does, but but meaning I don't follow his career closely. But I, I uh, he won me over. That's what I'll say. At Collider, I really he was he was motivated, and I thought a good way. Anyways, side note: uh, now there's official wrestling journalists, and they cover this stuff. And Sean Rossap uh, said uh, I was given permission to reveal that earlier this year, Wyndham Rotunda, Bray, Rotunda Bray Wyatt got COVID that exacerbated exacerbated I can read today uh, heart issues that he had exacerbated. Uh, there was a lot of po positive progress towards a return in his recovery. Unfortunately, today he suffered a heart attack and passed away. Um, it's mind-blowing to me. There was COVID's in a different spot now. It is. I, 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 don't, I don't mask up, except for what I'm playing. I have to admit, I have, fr I have, I have five friends Five people I know in the last three months have got COVID, knocked them out for a week. It ain't done, right? It's changed. We might be living with it more, but it ain't done. And it should always be in the back of your head. It's always in the back of my head when I'm sitting around a comedy green room crowded with a bunch of comics and none of us are masked up anymore. You got a story like this, 36 years of age. Uh, he had a heart issue. 
gets this late in COVID's run, right? It's all over. It's all clear. Our masks are off. Yay, freedom. And he dies. And he dies. And like I said, I, I, I kind of want to get angry. I kind of want to be screaming guy in the microphone, but I can't, man. I can't. I can't anymore. Or maybe I will again. I don't know if that's effective. I don't know if it's effective. Because I just go back to the early days of this. I go back to the height of the lockdown and the pandemic. And so, so many people I know, a lot of them in the wrestling business, which I'll tell you is a business that I spent a lot of time in and a lot of time around. And it's a beautiful, wonderful art form. It's also full of some of the dumbest fucks I've ever met. And so many of these super strong, egotistical, I got the power, fucks, fought the idea of COVID, the lockdown, that this was a threat, just a bunch of push-ups will get you through it. We got only the weaklings get this. Real men don't worry about this. Why are you so fearful, bro? And why is the government going to trample on all, trample on over us? Don't tread on me with your man. They were all those fucks. All those fucks. And they still are. And how? How do they take this? Oh, I probably already know. It's, it was, was Bray Wyatt vaccinated? It was probably that. You know. You know some of the minds are going to that. NFL player has a heart attack on the field because he's directly hit in the chest by a 225-pound man going Mach 7. And everyone says, well, vaccinations, here's what we got. Extraordinary claim. Bring me the extraordinary evidence. If five to ten years from now, the test results show us that, yep, vaccines were killing us. Okay, we will have that conversation. And people like me will go, all right, we will adjust because the information and the truth is in front of us. But when the truth is in front of all these people, they deny it. They fight it. They hide behind conspiracy theories. The hurricane wasn't a danger. The hurricane in California wasn't the danger. The news media was lying to you. And they extol the virtues of these great minds like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and Jordan Peterson and all these absolute fuckity fucks who are grifting at best or at worst are just evil, 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 evil people in this world. Personal freedoms, man. That book I'm reading, Storm is Here. I thought I was opening up a book that was all about January 6th. It's getting there. It's not there yet, and I'm halfway through the book. It's starting in Lansing, Michigan, with the COVID lockdown protests, the violent protests, the people behind it. It goes up to Portland post-George Floyd's murder. And it deals with those fighting those fighting for any kind of social justice in the world or any kind of empathy to be displayed. That thing that I always go back to. I mean it plain as day. If you fought, if you fought mask mandates, or just the mass conversation in general. I do think you lacked a certain kind of empathy. There was individual issues with schools and what we should be doing. Yeah, we can have those conversations. But we all should have been locked down, given funds from the government, and taken, been taken care of so we could knock this out. We shouldn't have flattened the curve. We should have destroyed the curve. Should have followed the ways of New Zealand, but we didn't because why power, freedom, can't tell us what to do, 
George Orwell was right. They're trying to tread on us with these mask mandates. It's still going on. And all these fucks they listen to are still spinning the same kind of bullshit. The same kind of words, the same kind of phobias, the same kind of phobic conversations, the same kind of fear-mongering, fear of the great other, fear of the great government, fear of the conspiracies that are working against you, the deep state, all deep state, all that bullshit. What do they think, man, when Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, passes away at 36? It's a heart attack brought on by the COVID that took his pre-existing conditions and blew it up. Blew it up. You're fine. Your backyard isn't flooded. His clearly was. As were some of my friends who lost their parents. It's fitting, tragically, that Donald J. Trump, a lifelong grifter and criminal and harasser and rapist and abuser, just liar, was booked for a fourth indictment, 91 total charges on the back of his baseball card, and a mugshot released. It's fitting in a sad, tragic way that that happens on the day a 36-year-old professional athletic entertainer passes away of COVID-related issues. It's fitting to me because Donald Trump killed people in my heart. He killed people by fostering a distrust of those that said this was a problem, of fostering a distrust of the methods in which we tried to slow this down or stop it, fostered a distrust in the simple concept of empathy and compassion and reason and data and science. It's Mark Maron's, one of his greatest bits is on his last special. The old kind of stupid versus the new kind of stupid. The old kind of stupid kind of says, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm stupid. The new kind of stupid says, oh, what are you, a doctor? And I'm completely, completely lifting that from Aaron's special. I see, I've never really spoken to him. Uh, if I see him at the store again, uh, hopefully he doesn't punch me in the face because I know Maron's watching. It's a, it's, it's a legacy bit for me from Mark Maron because that's on display every fucking single day. Trump at one point, of course, vaccinated. At one point, he gets it. But he's up there, all the things, the bleach, and then, then Fauci's it, and then Fauci has to deal with this fucking, then he has to deal with all these uh, people with, who would eventually go on to put fuck Biden flags in the yard to deal with all that. Fostering this distrust and all of that. Got people killed. And I don't know what any of my words will ever do. I don't know. And it all leads to this just absolute heart-wrenching, tragic, sad, but also goddamn anger-inducing story of what happened outside Lake Arrowhead. Lake Arrowhead and Big Bear, California are in the San Bernardino Mountains, and they're not too far from where I was. You kind of have to pass those mountains in the Inland Empire to get to the high desert. And there's some great people in the high desert. Palm Springs attracts a lot of artists. Uh, it's always been kind of a big gay community. and uh, haven't spent a lot of time there myself. I've always wanted to, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's a good spot. I told you my experience in Yucca Valley. Joshua Tree, all those spots. But Lake Arrowhead and, and Big Bear are kind of a, a mountainous extension of that region. A friend of mine told a story uh, of going to dinner up there on vacation up there with his wife. And they were at a restaurant and there was like a, a, a large party of 20 people at a restaurant having dinner. And they all um, raised their glasses and said a toast and a prayer for... Donald J. Trump. You're right to do that in this country. I'm not here to take that away from you. But man, that's the new kind of stupid, ain't it? So that region has a lot of that going on. It's again, going back to the personal themes. I have no problem with wanting to get away. 
going to a cabin and staying in the wilderness for a week, uh, as long as I have maybe, you know, my iPad to play my Pocket City 2 game, um, I'm good with that. But those that live up there do so for good reasons, do so for personal reasons. But there's something in the personal themes of those who don't just live in the suburbs or live in a small town, but kind of go to those places where it ain't easy to get to, right? That's Lake Arrowhead and Big Bear. And you see it and you feel it up there. There's the vacationers, but no one there likes them. They call them flatlanders, and you can see it in their eyes. So up there was a store called Magpie. There's also one not too far from me in Studio City. The longtime owner of it was 66-year-old mother of nine, wife Lori Carlton. And she's dead now. Shot down in cold blood because a gunman, whose name is eventually revealed, had been uh, ripping down pride flags from the front of her store. So maybe it happened a couple times, and every time she'd order another one and, and put a flag back up. So finally she had had enough. She herself was um, not gay. She's an ally. We have a, a pride flag in front of our house. Grace is part of that community. I am therefore an ally and learning to be a better one. This deranged, broken soul goes up, rips her flag down again, and this time, Lori, Lori Carlton, 66, mother of nine, says enough and confronts him and asks him, according to the witnesses, why, did you, why do you do this? Some news, news, uh, news agencies and, and newspapers reported it as, uh, as a dispute. That's not a dispute. That's a stand from Lori Carlton. That's a stand for what is right. That is a stand for empathy. That is a stand for compassion. That is a stand for a community long oppressed and still oppressed. And she died for it. I've had this conversation with my mother. I do go occasionally. It's been a bit. Lockdown changed a lot of habits socially, but I've, in my time in L.A., been on quite a few occasions to, again, quote-unquote, gay clubs. No gunman who walks in has the time nor intention to find out which one of these sinners in here is actually gay. They're just going to pull the trigger. So what does that make you think, Mother? about gun rights, about the words we say, and the beliefs that we let slip under our radar screen. The man that committed this horrific crime died. He's fatally shot by police while fleeing the area. Good. His name was released. His social media account was released. I took a screenshot of it because I was going to record an episode on Tuesday and I was going to be screaming. I can't scream anymore. His Twix profile, because I'm not backing off of Garth's great joke. His profile was full of just like that guy with the fuck Biden flags in Yucca Valley. It was full of everything you could predict. Hateful rhetoric, hateful speech in comments and replies retweeting clips and quotes from people like Jordan Peterson and Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro and the list that goes on and on and on of these names that won't stop spreading their hate because they're too goddamn rich from doing it. Sprinkled all through it were Bible verses, Bible verse verse, 
It was on his profile page. The pinned tweet was a burning pride flag. Some words about this is how to handle it. You can call him deranged. Call him sick. Call him a demon. Call him the devil. I don't, I don't care. He was a human being. At some point, been exposed to all of this. At some point, couldn't process his own feelings for it. At some point, found solace in these people just asking questions and saying words and saying truths and talking about personal freedoms and First Amendment's free speech rights. Now, because he had a, a Bible verse on his profile and, and, and Bible verses throughout, um, this is not something I lay at the foot of God or Jesus or my friends who go to church, my listeners who still go to church. I know, you, I know, I know who you are and I know you're out there. I, I don't lay this at your feet. I don't, I don't, I don't. But just like... When I get a little upset at my friends in law enforcement who look at so many ongoing history uh, events in presently and in history in which what they call and tell me are bad apples ruining the bunch. They look at all those events in law enforcement and, and they don't do anything about it. I've always said after a while, I think a lot of us the reason we don't like cops, the reason we don't trust them to do what's right, is I know for a fact there's so many good ones there. I know it for a fact. I have their phone numbers and my cell phone. But what are they doing about the partner in the car who holds those, holds those beliefs, who holds those beliefs about power, not even about race or sexual identity or anything, but about power and what we do with it. I was talking to a friend of mine today about my old job, public safety director, security. I've arrested hundreds of people, been involved in thousands of incidents over 17 years. Uh, that got, at times, scary and violent. And I do believe there needs to be a, de a degree of safety. And I do believe crime is real. But there's so many of us, and I was guilty at, at times, too, of believing we had to do horrible, horrible things. You had to do sometimes serious things. Sometimes it got violent and sometimes it got ugly. But there were so many times that we felt the only way to handle it was in that manner and in those ways. And to make sure of that, we pushed those ways upon the situation, whether they needed it or not. Hands up, great. Your head's going to go against the asphalt and it's going to go against it hard. Why? Because it's fun and it feels like power. So why can't those in law enforcement turn to those with them if you're the good ones? Fight those bad ones because we're tired of fighting the battle. I say this and I've said this before and I say it again. This is why I'm sad. When you read the news of Lori Carlton, successful hardworking, multi-business owner, raising a family, raising a, a family in a straight relationship, doing all the things that you say have to are uh, right. What does this make you feel? Does this make you feel sad too? And does this make you want to do anything? And when you see a Bible verse plastered on a profile of a killer, when you see a Bible verse plastered on a placard carried by someone as they take part in an insurrection of our capital, try to stop an election based on lies, lies that got a bunch of people indicted, what does that make you feel? Does it make you feel sad too? Someone close to me and my family said this. Oh, I knew on January 6th. Oh, I was devastated by it. Oh, really? Why? Well, because I knew just people would have a hard time with Republicans going forward. Yeah. 
Yeah. We do. And it's not because of your tax policies or your beliefs on law enforcement or the border. It's because you look at all this stuff and you look at a killer who shot a woman in the face because she didn't like or understand why he was ripping down a pride flag she had put up to show support for an oppressed group. You look at all this stuff and you say, that's sad. And you do nothing about it. And I'm not talking about tweeting. I'm talking about having those tough conversations. And if you are, we need to know. Maybe we can help you. My church doesn't do that. My backyard is fine. It's not flooded. Everything is flooded. Either help, get the fuck out of the way. 